Welcome, ladies and gentlemen, to the show. I'm your host, Kyle Miller, and today I'm on a mission to bring you stories from individuals doing great things in our community, for our country, and I'm here to share them with you. Um, Before we get started, a word from our sponsor. Today's show is brought to you by Apex Allies, your key to slashing cost and boosting productivity. With Apex Allies, you gain access to exceptional virtual assistance at half their traditional cost, transforming how you handle admin tasks. Say goodbye to overwhelm and hello to more time focusing on business growth. Apex Allies offers you the support you need without the financial strain, making it easier to prioritize what truly matters. Visit GoApexAllies.com now to elevate your business efficiency with Apex Allies. With that said, our guest today, we have Chris Toby, dad, photographer, videographer, drone pilot, business owner. Like, Welcome to the show. Thanks very much for having me. Absolutely. Um, I'm excited, uh, you know, just before we before the show here, just talking about kind of our experiences in the military. I'm excited to, to kind of dive in. Um, and you've had uh, a, what looks like to be a pretty interesting career. Well, thanks. Yeah, no, I've um, definitely been blessed on a lot of fronts, mm-hmm. um, particularly uh, the dad portion of it uh, sometimes can be challenging. Uh, the, they'll definitely put you in, their, in your place. The kids, uh, yeah. you know, they don't really you know, reference your resume and definitely acknowledge all of the things that you've been through, um, particularly when they're, you know, younger. Um, I've got a, um, almost three and almost six year old. Okay. Um, so, but, uh, still it's, it's, yeah. Fun part of it though. Yeah. Blessed trying to, to be a dad and build a business and, you know, also lead an army reserve unit. So it's, uh, a big, uh, a big plate. Um, and, uh, but I'm, I'm very fortunate. Totally get it. I got a, uh, well, he's, he turns 13 in April, 13, a 10 and, um, 16, 16 months. Oh man. So, oh, 16 months. That's big. Yeah. So I got a 13 gotta, to 16 months, man. Yep. Oh, so it's, it's, uh, it's exciting. It's fun. It's, uh, sometimes almost. stressful, but my 13 year old, he's smart. He's like going on 21. So we'll see how that goes. I feel like my six year old is pushing 21 too. Yeah. Yeah. She, uh, asked for the keys the other day. <laughs> I unfortunately have given him the keys. He drives yeah. around the farm. I said, hey, go grab my truck, bring it down here, do this, do that, hook up the trailer, yeah. bring it down. No, that's awesome. Yeah, I, I grew up in um, kind of a more rural area. Oh. I, I like. Uh, I think it's good for them to drive around the farm a little while oh, yeah. before going out on the real roads. I have them backing up the trailers. I have them doing it all. That's good. But tell me a little bit about how you got into what you're doing and your 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 storyteller, your... Mm-hmm. You do media for the army. How, do, how does this all come about? Um, long story short, um, kind of with everything in my life, is it wasn't the original plan. Uh-huh. Um, kind of backed into a lot of stuff. Uh, backed into my you know, degree at Longwood. Um, I started out as a music major um, but then and loved it, but didn't want to be unemployed and didn't want to be a high school band teacher um, when I got out. So I added communication studies and then just kind of had the the really kind of like um, out of nowhere thought maybe I could join the army to help pay for it and mm-hmm. um, got into public affairs, which actually helped me get through school a little bit quicker um, than I would have because um, a lot of the courses I did for the army uh-huh. actually knocked off some of the um, requirements for the degree as well. Oh, wow. Um, nice. So that's how I got into public affairs, but uh, 
I, when I joined the Army, I was trying to do print journalism. Um, I, you know, at the time, really wanted to be a print journalist. I read the newspaper every day. That's really kind of what uh, my mom was an English teacher. I thought that's what my calling was. But uh, the recruiter actually put the wrong MOS um, in, <laughs> the, in the contract. <laughs> and so I, I realized it. And this is the second time I went to go try to enlist. And he said, oh, you can change that at the schoolhouse. Right. And whenever your recruiter dismisses something um, for anyone getting into the reserve or the Army, right. you probably should question that. Yeah. Um, because uh, that wasn't something I could change at the schoolhouse. But it turned out to be a, a fortunate um, mistake because I, I really, as soon as I started doing video, I just really knew that's, I think, where I was more comfortable. That's where my skill set gotcha. um, ended up. So you learned for, you learned this in the army. You learned your whole storytelling, all of that. A little bit, um, but I also think, um, I mean, just humans are storytellers, just naturally. Like mm -hmm. I, I don't think I learned necessarily how to tell stories. I definitely learned how to do the video aspect of it uh -huh. um, from the army. But I think just humans just naturally are storytellers. I mean, you tell stories here, yeah. um, just in directing the questions to the people you interview every week, and I think you know, just in our daily lives, like we don't. You know, think about the stats of the day. We think about the stories. Um, I think humans just naturally are storytellers. Yeah. Um, yeah, no, I, I agree with you. I think we all have stories. Some are better telling them than others. <laughs> yeah. And I, I think there's definitely a, a way to tell uh, inspiring, compelling stories. And, um, to, you know, as, as you get with anything, the more you practice at it, the more you get better at it, right? Yeah. You've got to fail a lot. Yeah. Fail often and early. Yeah, definitely. You know, and that's, uh, I, I definitely feel like I've done that throughout my career. Yeah. Well, I, we all do it. And I think, yeah. you know, failing is part of the game and too many people shy away from failing. Yeah, but you that's know? where you learn. That's, yes. I mean, you learn not to touch the hot stove because you touch the hot stove and it hurts. Right. And, um, you know, it's not failure, it's learning. If you right. take the information in. Although I try to tell my six-year-old that, and I feel like that's a slightly higher level than uh, she's able to comprehend at right? this time. Yeah. Well, you know, one day it'll sink in and be like, man, dad yeah. was right, you know? Yeah. <laughs> my, my, my wife often tells me that I'll be a good dad for teenagers, but not quite for <laughs> the elementary school ages. Well, you said she's going on 21, so you never know. Yeah. The, um, and so you got into the military. You, you got in with communications. Um, I'm sure with the military, as with a lot of guys that go, um, at, you were active, right? So um, I joined the reserve, you know, for you know from the beginning. Okay. Um, but in the reserve and the national guard, uh, basically you go onto active duty status. Okay. Um, so I've been on active duty status for training. Um, I've been on active duty status for two deployments um, okay. to Iraq and Afghanistan, um, but never was active duty army. Gotcha. Mm -hmm. Well, tell me a little bit about those two deployments. Um, so the the first one to Iraq was in two thousand. Uh, 2008. Um, no, training started 2008, and then 2009 into 2010. Um, okay. But uh, yeah, basically, I, I had joined the Army halfway through my degree at, at Longwood, um, and then the, a deployment came up when I was in school, and it was just because of the, the timing of the um, training and just where I was in the, the semester there. Um, I wasn't able to start any of the courses for six months, so mm -hmm. I decided to take the deployment and it was um uh a challenging but uh, i think very fruitful opportunity for me yeah uh, because i left straight from learning all of these skills with the cameras and everything like that um at the schoolhouse the defense information school at fort meade maryland uh -huh. um 
and then went right into a combat zone to like use those skills. And I think that's that's the best opportunity is to learn and then do like as soon after to just really um, ingrain and just perfect those skills. And, and yeah, and you probably learned a lot. You you learned it in the schoolhouse, right? And then once you got out there, you're like, oh, that's why I do it that way. Yeah, we often say that, um, you know, for the new public affairs soldiers coming in, they they are learning the DINFOS way, and then when they get to the field, they have to learn the Army way to do it. Right. Um, you know, like in training, like you always have to be on a tripod. You right. need to have the tripod with you. And in the field, I mean the tripod's heavy like still today like i mean they're they're carbon fiber they're lighter than they used to be right um but if you're following a foot patrol right i dare you to try to take a tripod and set up a stable shot of soldiers who are on a mission and who are not stopping for some public affairs guy with the camera to get the perfect shot or try to get like a backlit silhouette you know you you get what you can get and you try to find um we call them god pods yeah um just find some place that's stable where you can put the camera down <laughs> and get as close to a, a steady shot as possible yeah well i'm sure being out there as well and going through those mm-hmm. two tours um you had some pretty interesting individuals and stories that you probably came across as well um yeah i mean uh i had fortunately for me most of my like combat stories end in a punchline um you know like i I wasn't um ever like really like in like a um or at least for a long time in a you know forward operating post or anything like that where i was like really out in the sandbox um but i went out covering some of the the guys who were out there um one of the most inspirational ones at least for me and it kind of um I kept in contact with them like throughout my career um, is uh, the Troops First Foundation. Mm-hmm. Uh, they had a, um, while I was in Iraq, um, they had a, a mission and it was the first one that they had done where they actually brought soldiers who had been injured earlier in the conflict back um, called um, uh, Operation Proper Exit. Okay. And that was really powerful because I was still new to the Army at the time. And these were all soldiers who had been there, done f- full tours and then got injured on the second one. Some of them got injured on early, but like they, they had seen much more hardship than I had. Right. And they wanted to come back. Um, so the, the whole goal of proper exit is to bring the soldiers back into country, um, after they've been injured. Um, and some of these were burn victims. Some of them were, um, single or double amputees. Um, Mm. so they had, you know, gone through a long recovery process after getting back and, and, it was inspiring to see how just kind of like um, rejuvenated they were mm-hmm. to be back, you know, in like the same areas that they operated in and to see some of the same soldiers that they had served with. And then the whole point of the proper exit is that they leave on their own two feet, on their own terms. So and this program, I, now I think I get what you're saying. This program, guys would get injured, they go back. Yeah, they get surgery, they do whatever they needed to do, but this proper exit was a program that brought them back over. Yeah. And, you know, they I guess more personal training or physical therapy is that or Yeah, there? yeah, it's um I think honestly though, um so it's a Troops First Foundation which is still um still does other things obviously with not having like the presence in Iraq and Afghanistan now. Mm-hmm. They don't do proper exit anymore. Um but Rick Kell um is the head of it. Um, and, uh, they, they found that it was 
partially one to kind of like benefit the soldiers. Mm-hmm. Um, they could kind of have that emotional um, lift from seeing, you know, that their sacrifice had an impact. Right. Uh, but they found that honestly, for the soldiers who were over there, mm-hmm. it was more inspiring to them or almost as inspiring to them because it just kind of solidified that, you know, everyone comes home. Right. Um, so they could see some of the soldiers who got injured and like, it's a very Instead of never abrupt. Seeing again yeah. It's a very abrupt goodbye. To that guy. Yeah. They come back and that just look, all right. And they can it. see joke around with them again. Got it. Eat at the chow hall. All, mm-hmm. all of them wanted to eat at the chow halls. It's yeah. not great food, but like, there's just something nostalgic about well, it. Well, it's the camaraderie. Yeah. Of it, you know, it's the camaraderie mm-hmm. of the guys. Um, you know, I was in the army uh, for a little bit. Yeah, and and it's just sitting with those guys and having those times, uh, the conversations, the jokes, the cuts on each other. Yeah, you know, just being guys hanging out and you know mm-hmm. giving each other a hard time. Like that's the stuff we miss. I played college football. I missed the game, but I missed the guys more than I missed the yeah. game. Yeah, yeah. I, I miss hanging out in the locker room and cutting up and. You know, and, and going through everything that we went through, those are the stories that, mm-hmm. and, and the things that I remember, the 6 a.m. workouts, the yeah. bear crawling across 100 yards while the guy's on your back, that's the stuff that I yeah. remember. I think it's, yeah, it's the common purpose mm-hmm. um, is really what it is. I mean, you have a very clear purpose. I like that. You know, when you're doing it. And also you can do, you know, all sorts of um, sufferings when you're doing it with other people. Right. You can suffer longer for more. Yeah. yeah. Absolutely. Absolutely. Well, I, that, that seems pretty awesome. So the yeah. stories that you were able, that's what you were doing. You were taking those stories and you were sharing that with. So, yeah, we kind of, uh, in Iraq, it was, there was still actually a radio mission. So it was AFN um, Iraq and then AFN Afghanistan. I was working for AFN both times, okay. um, which is really desirable for me wanting to do primarily video. Um, because with the AFN, it's like all broadcast. Um, so in Iraq, we still had a radio mission. So um, for the first three months, I was actually um, basically like a, a drive time radio DJ. Okay. Um, just doing, you know, the, you know, playing music, kind of putting out, you know, random um, factoids and things like that, uh, trying just to keep do games. High. Yeah. I mean, we really tried to simulate um, just like the drive time format. Right. Um, playing music, putting out, you know, command information here and there, but really it was more entertainment. Mm-hmm. Um, so, but then after that, um, I kind of shifted to being more of a video focus and I was very fortunate that I think one of my second story, one of my first or second stories, um, was actually the Troops First Foundation and that was just really, um, inspiring, um, and kind of really gave me the drive to, you know, be eager to tackle the other stories that I had the rest of the time out there. That's, that's pretty cool. Mm-hmm. That's you can look back on that and be very proud of of that. Yeah, I mean, I've I've kind of gone back and looked at some of the videos and and I I look at them um, and now I think, man, I wouldn't have made that cut or I would have done this differently. But it, but it's still like I remember doing it and it is there's a lot of nostalgia. Yeah, no, that's super interesting. But then you also have you also worked with the MLB. So you went from American Forces Network. Yeah, you worked with the the soldiers. And you did all that, but then how did you get in with with the Major League Baseball? So um, actually, that was uh, another perk of the reserve. Um, that was the initial. Um, I forget the name of the program, um, but basically they had an apprenticeship program mm-hmm. um, with the American uh, or with the Army Reserve. So um, the 
I think we were the first iteration, but um, they had two soldiers who were um, in the Army Reserve that, that they you know you could apply for this apprenticeship. And it was just a, a year-long apprenticeship. Um, mine was more of a, a studio focus. There was another soldier who was there, and he was um, more with the editor and the graphics team. Okay. Um, but it was but it was it was an awesome experience. It was lonely. Um, I'm from Central Virginia, right? Uh, and that's pretty far away away from Secaucus, New Jersey. Yeah. Uh, and also, you know, it wasn't. Uh, it wasn't like they were paying me the same as you know the the camera operators there. So it was I, I was provided for, but it was it was still kind of like a little bit lonely being up there. Right. Um, but an awesome opportunity to you know um, just see some of my heroes. Uh, you know, while I was there, I know um, uh, Billy Ripkin was one of the hosts. Mm-hmm. Uh, uh, one of the one of the guys that actually came there. I'm a big Detroit Tigers fan, um, and so. Um, that was right in kind of Miguel Cabrera's peak, okay. and he he came on to to do a couple segments there, and I got to meet him, and that was just really cool. Um, as a lifelong Tigers fan, to be able to meet him, it was oh, I think cool. the year after he won the Triple Crown. Okay. Um, so, but but yeah, it was through the reserve that opened that opportunity, and and uh, it was it was a good opportunity just to see real world broadcasts, the complexities of it. Right. Um, got to you know do a couple. MLB games at uh, Yankee Stadium, um, I th- and uh, the All Star Game was there that year. Okay, um, it was at uh, the Mets hosted the All Star Game, oh, nice. um, so it was just neat to just see all of that. Yeah, um, that's pretty cool. That's but pretty uh, cool. I did learn that the traffic up there is just not something that I wanted to uh, be living in <laughs> for the rest of my life. No, I, I drove into Charlottesville yesterday, and um, I don't come to town often. I just come to town usually for these, yeah. and there was traffic backed up. Um, all the way to almost to a Black Cat Road exit, and I was just like, "Yeah, this is why I don't do this." And yeah, Charlottesville doesn't even have that much traffic, but yeah. still, I hate it. I know. Yeah, <laughs> I know. I was. I've joked with people that I get frustrated about the traffic here as much as I did the traffic in in New York. But really, the traffic here is you're just going to sit at the same light like two times right. for two iterations. Right. That, that, that's about it. <laughs> you know, there. I mean, it would. I would have to leave. 45 minutes early, you know, for a 15 minute trip, right? Just in case, you know, traffic was blocked off and I had to take a roundabout mm-hmm. way to get to where I was going. Yeah, it's, it's wild. Yeah. And so you've taken all these experiences from, you know, being in the army and doing that and the MLB, and then now you have your own business. So how does that come about? Um, honestly, it was kind of spurred on by the pandemic. Um, okay. The, you know, I, I had been working at um, uh, UVA Health and was doing uh, a kind of part-time or half-and-half half video um, and half-and-half half administrative um, role there. And when the pandemic hit, just because of the, you know, changing of everyone's jobs and roles, all the video fell apart or fell away. That was just secondary to what the initial um, focus was. Just, right. Um, and, you know, I'd been there, I, I didn't, I didn't mind it, but I knew that I had a passion for storytelling and, and, uh, we, my wife was a teacher, um, or, or still is a teacher. Um, she's not active. She's at home with our kids now. Um, but, uh, I stayed home with my daughter and kind of started setting the groundwork for what became Toby Media, um, while she was teaching for virtually for, um, a couple years. Okay. And, uh, that's kind of what led into it. Um, nice. I just... The stories I was telling at, at you know UVA um, Health were 
were, were nice, but they weren't really the ones that kind of inspire you. Mm-hmm. Um, because it's, you know, it's kind of telling the story of the pharmacists and, and, uh, I love my time there and love the people that I worked with. Mm-hmm. Um, but it's, you know, only so many ways you can kind of spin that. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Spin that. So how, like, what kind of stories are you telling now? How, how do, what, what are the stories of some of your clients that you're helping with now? Mm-hmm. What specifically are you doing? Um, is it, is it local? Are you going anywhere else? How's that working? So yes to all that. I mean, I, I've got, um, some clients in, uh, Williamsburg, uh, some throughout the state of Virginia, um, mm-hmm. kind of more central Virginia. Uh, but, uh, most, mostly local, I, honestly, the ones that, I started um, cutting my teeth on with just like the business have been um, in um, like kind of the nonprofit sector, okay. um, some uh, different ministries. Uh, I've done some work for a number of uh, Catholic parishes as well as Catholic uh, student ministries okay. um, at Williamsburg. Um, and and those are, those are, I feel like, naturally inspiring stories to tell because the the students who were there are very inspired. You know, when you have a subject who is just very you know, um, very into, you know, the story that you're telling, it's just really easy as a videographer to capture that beauty. Yeah. No, the, and so how are people reaching out to you? Are are you doing like, how, how, how do they work with you in this? Um, as far as like, kind of like yeah, do they client discovery just kind of yeah. say how does how does the process work with you and how how do they work mm-hmm. with you like do they reach out to you and say hey i want you to shoot a story about my life or hey this is you know an outcome mm-hmm. that i'm looking for how does that work um so it's mostly um organizations so i mean I've, for what i've done so far um i work with like directors of development or or the um uh you know the 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 pastor or, or somebody in the organization that want to tell something. Um, it hasn't really been as much of, you know, individuals reaching out. Um, okay. although I've, I've, you know, certainly gotten into some of the weddings. Um, I've, um, I did one really, it was, um, it's obviously not like kind of my standard fare, but, mm-hmm. um, I did one, um, I think it's called, a uh, what was it called? A Mariochi video, okay. which is basically, it's like a, um, I had never heard of it before the client asked for it, but yeah. um, essentially it's like a lip dub of everyone at her, her wedding um, <laughs> to a specific song. Uh-huh. And that was a ton of fun to put together just yeah. because it mixes, you know, again, like the, the people who you're with are all super happy, right. you know, because they're at a wedding, they're celebrating. Um, but then like mixing it with the music uh, was a whole lot of fun. Yeah. Um, so, and that kind of got to scratch the itch of, you know, starting out as a music major in school again as well. But, right. um, yeah, so it's, I mean, everyone is different. Um, every client is different. Every story is different. Mm-hmm. Um, so it kind of, it's really more of a collaboration. Um, okay. I kind of, I need to work with the client, figure out what they need, what their story is that they're trying to capture. Mm-hmm. And then it, it really is a collaborative effort with them okay. to, to bring that project to fruition. Now, do you have, is it... When you when you sit down and collab together, is this how long does this process take? Is it is it kind of like all right? Well, we're going to sit down and have a conversation for an hour. We're going to talk about it. We're going to go through it. Then we're going to meet next week and and figure this out. We're going to storyboard this. How does that work? Uh, for some of them, yeah. Okay. Uh, for some of them, it is sitting down, doing a storyboard, um, 
trying to plan plan out the shoot. You know, sometimes it is over the course of of a month of production. Okay. Um, sometimes it's a lot quicker. Um, honestly, there's a few, and this has kind of been a, um, a a a channel that I hadn't foreseen initially, uh, but I've also gotten into some live production as mm-hmm. well. Um, not necessarily live streaming, um, although. Uh, that's what I've been pushing in the Army Reserve is our, I work for a broadcast specific unit mm-hmm. and live streaming is what we're getting into um, using OBS and, and Facebook Live or, or YouTube. Um, but uh, basically taking a live event that they're doing. Um, I did one for CBIC, um, who I don't remember what the acronym is for, um, but I think it's um, business um, uh, innovation or I believed the B I the the B and the I in that, um, but uh, then also um, I've I just recently did one earlier this week for um, the Institute for Family Studies, okay. and they had a live book launch um, and I set up the cameras there and then basically just kind of produce it after the fact, um, so that way they can share it um, a little bit more produced. So you'll come, you'll do. Um You'll go through the whole thing. You'll you'll bring the cameras. You bring set up the scripts. You'll get everything together. You'll uh, direct it. You'll yeah. You do all of that. Yeah. Okay. Okay. And it's um a lot of hats. Uh, and sometimes I kind of share the hats with the clients. In particular, um, when it is like the director of development for an organization, they kind of, you know, we both share the vision. Mm-hmm. Um, and so that makes it a little bit easier. Um, but it's uh. A lot of fun. Um, I'm, I'm not that type A personality that's rejuvenated all the time by social interaction. Right. Uh, but but it is. It's so it's 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 draining, but also very rewarding at the end. Okay. Um, and then you know I take all all that that I gathered and I go into my basement and turn off the lights <laughs> and just like work through, you know, the edit. Yeah. yeah. Well, how um, where do people go to like. Um, where do people go to connect with you, to do this, to uh, reach out, have conversations with you, uh, and, and kind of do a discovery process for this? So uh, on my website, tobymedia.com, um, T-O-B-E-Y, um, okay. like the uh, pawn shop in town, although there's, oh. there's no affiliation. Um, <laughs> I'm sure probably like a century back there might be like a distant relative that we share, but uh, I, have, I have no... You are from yeah. Central Virginia, right? Um, yes, but not historically. Um, okay. I was actually born in Detroit. That's why the oh, that's you know, why you're the Tigers, fan. yeah, Tigers fandom. Is that because mm-hmm. family was a big fan of that, and you kind of got sucked in by family? I was born there in 1984, the year that they won the World Series. So okay. I think I think that just kind of um, mixed in with the genetic, you know, material in me. So like I, <laughs> you know, regardless of like how badly they do, I right. can't not root for them. Right. Mm-hmm. Well, tell. Um, Tell me a little bit about like starting this business, the trial. Like as a business mm-hmm. owner, right? We always go through different things. It's, yeah. It's startups. It's you know getting the marketing out. It's figuring out this process, figuring out that process, um, dealing with customers, dealing mm-hmm. like when you decided to go out on your own and do this through COVID. Like, what were some of the pitfalls that you were running up against, and and some of the things that you because. As, as some of the listeners, some of them are here to listen to you, you and say, all right, well, I'd like to work with you. But I also like to hear the stories of how you were able to, like, overcome obstacles and, um, you know, the things that aren't great in business, you know? Yeah. 
things well, happen. Um, as far as overcoming obstacles, I might be able to give you more tips in a couple of years once it kind of like um, launches uh, to, you know, kind of to the level that I'm hoping I can eventually build it to. But honestly, the what I did was we had been saving aggressively um, before. I think for a while, this was kind of the long-term goal. Mm-hmm. Um, and then COVID just kind of seemed like the right moment mm-hmm. uh, to... Uh, we had about, you know, a, a year um, to a year and a half worth of savings built up. Okay. And so we just, you know, launched. Uh, I've gotten a lot of benefit out of collaborating with um, the uh, CIC, the Community Investment Collaborative, yeah. um, just down the street from here, as well as um, the Small Business Development Center. Okay. Um, so mentorship there. There's a lot of resources there that I benefited from, some financial um management courses that I was able to take. And, Mm -hmm. um, uh, I did, uh, actually, and you've had a few other guests who've gone through them. Yeah. Uh, the pie guy. uh, Yeah. The pie guy, as well as, um, uh, Jay with mahogany, um, and friends. Yeah. Uh, both of them are affiliated with, uh, CIC, um, did the entrepreneur workshop. Yeah. Um, so kind of doing that. Um, but honestly just getting out there and I know the video production. Um, I know, uh, there's always not, not to say there's nothing that I can learn, but there's always stuff you can learn. But I, I know how to do that. Mm-hmm. It's really just been using them to help me incorporate the um, the managerial, the you know, doing the finances, um, kind of the forecasting expenses, trying to to balance you know the cash flow right. and everything like that. Um, because there's nothing. Um, kind of like that directly translate from just like doing video production to doing all those managerial tasks. Right. It's a very creative field. And then doing this like very, you know, systematic, um, work doesn't yeah. really lend itself, um, to doing it at the same time. Well, it's, it's the entrepreneur. It's the many hats that you have to wear. Yes. Yeah. It's, it's all of that, which mm-hmm. is, you know, which is why I, you know, apex allies, the, the virtual assistant company, that's what they do. Mm-hmm. You know, they, they match, um, skill sets, right? Yeah. So they'll come in and say, let's say, for example, you're, you're more the creative. You've got all this, you know, the bookkeeping, the paying the bills, the, you know, scheduling this, mm-hmm. scheduling that, right? That's, they, they go out and hire uh, or, or find virtual assistants that and match you up with them. Mm-hmm. And they take care of that aspect of, for you at, at a cheaper rate than what you'll find in the States. Yeah. Right. Um, and these individuals have uh, amazing talents. Uh, they're half the price of what you would pay in the states. Mm-hmm. Um, they're flexible on the hours, uh, and and they just they just get it done. And so that's that's what they do is they match them up and and connect. And so for entrepreneurs, I think the biggest thing, the hardest thing um, that we do is understanding that we can't do it all. Yeah. Right? It's and, and then understanding. And I find this a lot with people is that they'll say, well, nobody can do it as good as me. Well, I, I think that's complete BS, mm-hmm. right? Because as a business owner, as a uh, entrepreneur, you're, you're good at seeing opportunities and seeing, you know, you're the creative. You, you're good at seeing the story. How, yeah. do we, how do we change the story? How do we do this? How do we do that? And that's our skill set. So everything else is not necessarily in our wheelhouse. We can do it, but does it give us energy? Does it make us happy, right? Well, it's, is that the best use of our energy? So that's the, that's yeah. the thing. I learned that lesson 
on a daily basis that mm-hmm. I can't do everything right. myself. Um, right. And I, I have started to embrace, you know, and tried to think about what are the most valuable things that I do for mm-hmm. the business that other people can't. Right. And really it is in the production, the weaving the narratives, uh, taking the clients, um, just kind of freeform interviews that I do with them, yeah. and then weaving that into a cohesive narrative right. that they couldn't have written if they had tried to, and sat down at the computer, you know, and just capturing that emotion. Um, and that's, that's I, yeah. your skill set. Yeah, and that's where I bring the value. Right. Um, I don't think it's worth, you know, well, it doesn't benefit the company as much when I just go through and then kind of get caught up on QuickBooks. Right. It does because it, you know, makes sure that I have a good assessment of it, but right. using my time towards that yeah. isn't always the most fruitful. Yeah, 100%. Yeah. 100%. I totally agree with that. Delegation, mm-hmm. as we become larger mm-hmm. business owners and... Um, entrepreneurs delegation is the key to success Mm -hmm. being a leader a good leader and delegating um, because there's so much stuff to get done on a daily task there's no way um, that you can do it there's a great book out there it's called who not how right Um, I don't think I've heard of that one it's called who not how and I'm blanking on the guy who who uh, wrote it who not how and what he does Mm -hmm. is what he talks about is he talks about the questions that we say to our... Dan Sullivan is the guy who wrote it. Okay. The, so, for example, the, I, I need to get... Or, or let's say that. How do I make a website? Right? Yeah. Okay. That's the, that's the one question that somebody asks. How do I make a website? Well, with that question, it then makes our brain think about how do we do it ourselves. Mm-hmm. Right? Instead of asking, who can help me do this? Yeah. Who can help me make this? Because inevitably, that person is going to be nine times better than you. They're going to have the skill set. They're going to be able to say, oh, you can do this, do this. With, but if you tried to do it and you put that time, energy, and effort into it, learning a new skill, learning a new task, mm-hmm. learning all these new things, and not even getting it right, yeah. right? Um, that is not a great use of your time. And if you just paid somebody to do it, you would be so much further along. I feel like um, you may have talked to my wife about the uh, website example because that's exactly <laughs> the situation that I was in. For, for months, right. I tried to learn how to build on like a variety of different platforms, the website that I wanted. Um, and then I found out through the SBDC, they had a program where they would collaborate with me uh-huh. and they would work with a designer right. to build the website. And I was very fortunate that I was able to get in before the funding ran out for that because they built the website and then I was able to manage it, right. you know, once it was built, right. um, which, which is... It's a whole different I, skill set. Oh yeah, I could, I could have built a website, but it might have had like a single, like it would have looked like it was made in the like early 2000s. Right. Um, and that that's what I could do. Um, but, uh, yeah, with, with a little bit of help, um, I, I'm, you know, there's always things I would like to change and tweak about it, but I got a much better website than yeah. I would have gotten the and a lot quicker, um, than if I would have tried to learn how to do that myself. And then, so I, I always ask myself that mm-hmm. question, who, not how, mm-hmm. like if I, and, and I get it, people, people mm-hmm. will, um, always revert back to that 
and, and I do it sometimes mm-hmm. too. And I'm like, man, how do I get that done? How do I get that done? Yeah. Stop thinking that. When did you start using a virtual assistant? Oh, 2015. Really? Yeah. I've been using virtual assistants for a long time. What, uh, what was it that, actually, not to ask you all the questions, but what, that, yeah. what was it that uh, um, caused you to make that change? All right. So I first started using a virtual assistant back in, I, I, I think it was earlier than 15. I think it was mm-hmm. like 13. Because HUD Home Store, which is mm-hmm. a website that had properties on it, um, had hundreds of houses on it um, on their website. And we can mm-hmm. make offers on those houses every single day. Mm-hmm. Um, and I wasn't going to sit there for all day long and make offer on every single house on that website yeah. every single day. I wasn't doing it. So... I talked to some other individuals. They said they got a virtual assistant to do that. So I paid somebody, you know, uh, the funds yeah. to, to do that. All. And this was 2000, this was 2013. So I think I was paying somebody $5 an hour, maybe mm-hmm. less to do that. Yeah. And I was like, Oh, this is, this is, this is amazing. And yeah. I think, I don't know how many houses we bought off of that, but we got some really good deals. Yeah. Just because you've got someone whose job it is to yeah. make sure that it's done, and yeah, so, so it was delegation. That that was my first, you know, learning how to delegate. Uh, the other one is when I first started getting into flipping houses. I, I the first house that I ever flipped was I did it myself, and I learned. I had some skills, mm-hmm. not much, and I learned that those skills. Uh, I had done some construction with an individual, but the stuff I didn't know, I learned on like YouTube. Yeah, I was. I was. I, my dad has a picture of me. I have my phone in one hand, and I have a YouTube video on it. And I'm looking at something at, at my first house that I'm ever doing. And I'm like, "How do I figure this out? What yeah. do I do here?" You know. And, um, and it's and so, it's great. Like I, I use it for video editing all the time. Uh, it's YouTube University. Yeah. You, I, yeah. I don't. I don't even. I don't even think you need to go to college anymore in a, it, these days. I really don't because. Mm-hmm. One, let's say uh, you, you go to these schools for these degrees, and let's call it a marketing degree. I, mm-hmm. I think a marketing degree at a college today is worth zero because mm-hmm. you're learning from individuals who don't do marketing, who did possibly marketing back in the day. Yeah. But marketing now is nothing compared to what it was no, it's 10 years ago. Progressing so fast. Um, the, just the field is yeah. is changing. I mean, if you... If you write a textbook in, you know, this year, it's probably two years it's going to be out of date. You're going right. to need to do a new edition, exactly. which is great if you're writing textbooks. You're <laughs> selling new textbooks every year, but, exactly. but it's not great for retaining that knowledge because by the time they graduate, it's going to be outdated information. Yeah. So I, if my, when my kids get to that age and if they, they don't, you know, God forbid they want to be a doctor or mm-hmm. um, an attorney or a lawyer or something like that. Yeah, I, th- I think that there's certain fields where you you want to have someone who, you know, has that traditional college formation. Right, and um, that would be the doctor, attorney, a law- yeah. or, you know, lawyer. Yeah, and I think that there are concepts. I mean, there's still concepts, um, basic concepts from um, communication theory mm-hmm. that I still apply. Uh-huh. Um, and I think that there is something to be said for learning how to commit to a program and completing it. Yeah. Uh, but I don't think that's the only route. I don't think college is the only route. I, I definitely, um, you know, we are starting to save for college for our kids. Yeah. Uh, but we're not going to force them into it. Yeah. And if they, I would be highly um, 
depending on like what their goals are. But if, if my daughter, you know, turns to the age where she'd be going to college and she really wants to start a business and be an entrepreneur, I would just as happily pull that money and use that as seed money for her business. Absolutely. Where she still can learn. And I obviously would want, you know, to like give training, uh, encourage her to learn different ways and different strategies. Um, but I think that there's, there's not just the college. And I think the pushing college as the, you know, the, the only way to climb the ladder, I feel like is, is unproductive because it does lead to the situation where most people can't pay. So then they get the loans and then that kind of forces them into jobs that they can do, not necessarily being an entrepreneur because the jobs can easily pay off the loans immediately. Mm-hmm. Whereas the entrepreneur may have longer, um, long-term, but like higher upside. Yeah. 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 I, I find a mentor. That's what yeah. I, what, what I, the advice that I'm going to tell my son was find a mentor mm-hmm. that uh, it's something that you want to do. If they're doing it at a high level, go, go learn from them. Yeah. Right. And, uh, and then once you learn from them, you're, you're going to be able to take it mm-hmm. off on your own. I, I truly believe in mentors. I have mentors to this day, multiple mentors, mm-hmm. and um, I'm learning from them. And I have other peers that I learn from on the daily. You mm-hmm. know, I call, I, I call one guy probably every week. We talk every week, and we're like, does this working for you? Is that working for you? This, mm-hmm. is, this is the results I'm seeing. How, what are the results are you seeing? Well, this is what's working, you know, and, and mm-hmm. we have these conversations daily. Do you use any specific format for that? Is it um, mastermind or is it just kind of more just well, like people that you've we're met in? We're in a mastermind together. Okay. And so we're, we're kind of on the same trajectory mm-hmm. and doing the same stuff. And so he's in Utah. Uh, I'm in Virginia. Like, oh, that's great. Yeah. yeah. We, we just talk it's, back and forth and say, hey, this is what I'm doing. Yeah. It's working. I mean, that's, that's awesome because you're, you're if particular, is he doing similar things? Mm-hmm. So like you basically, you know, you're not competing. Yeah. You're only making each other stronger. Yeah. Yeah. That's awesome. And, and I, people need to realize that, um, having mentors, having people that you can talk to, uh, that you can bounce ideas off the, the thought process and the thinking that nobody knows this, but me. And mm-hmm. I can't share it with anybody. It's so archaic. You'll never get it. I don't think you'll get anywhere with that. Yeah. You know? Well, um, yeah, you'll, you'll, you'll stay in the same place. Yeah, you will. You know? You won't if, grow. If you, if you know the answer, you can't learn. You know, if you know that you know something, this, you're not going to learn anything new. That's true. Yeah. And you know what I say? The, the only thing I know positively, mm-hmm. 100% matter of fact, absolutely nobody can tell me anything else is that I don't know everything. Yeah. And I am always, you know, a sponge, learning, listening. Mm-hmm. Oh, what's he doing? Oh, how does that work? You know, it, that's been my life. Yeah. Everywhere I've been, um, I don't know everything. I'm going to listen to whoever's talking. I'm going to, you know, read whatever they're reading, mm-hmm. understand this. I, I never even read books coming out of, um, even out of college. Mm-hmm. I, but as soon as I got out of college, I started reading business books. I like I, I devour them. I can't put them down because it's, it's something I'm interested in. It's something that I like. Do you I, actually f- read physical books? Um, I, both. Yes. Okay. I read and listen okay. to Audible. Yeah. yeah. Audiobooks is the only way that I've been able to, to do that. Yeah. Um, 
Yeah, I just if I open a book, I oh. think it's I think it's just the parent with young kids. Yeah. If I open a book, I will be asleep within ten <laughs> minutes because that's honestly that's how I get to sleep. Right. Um, but uh, no, if I if I can listen to the audiobook while I'm doing the dishes, while I'm doing chores around the house, mm-hmm. um, while I'm just kind of like hanging around the living room to make sure that the kids are actually going to sleep, yeah. Um, then I can yeah, I've gotten through tons and gleaned lots of stuff. What I do need to do is I need to do it with a notebook because yeah. I. You know, I have to go back and, and re-listen to, you know, books that I know I got great nuggets from, but I just can't remember. Right. Um, but yeah, no, I, 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 you know, I've been very fortunate with that and, you know, variety of different podcasts. Yeah. I, the, the amount of books mm-hmm. that came to my bookshelf after college and the amount of audio books that I'm listening to, what I'm listening to right now is um, The Creature from Jekyll Island. Oh, what's that? Um, it's, a, it's a book on the Federal Reserve, actually. And how it came to power, and um, and what it is. Yeah, and it's uh, it's very interesting, very yeah. interesting. And um, I'm I'm really enjoying the read because it really clears some things up of how how our country runs. Does but, it go back all the way to like Hamilton and Jefferson and that whole rivalry between it, the two? And no, it starts it starts out in the early late 1880s. Okay, yeah, it starts out there. Okay, um, and then kind of well, I'm only it's a 24 hour long book, and I'm oh, like. Man. Uh, I think three and a half hours in, and I'm already. I'm like, holy cow! Like, this is a lot. Do you how how quickly do you listen? Do you do like one and a half times speed? Most of them I do one and a half times speed. I can't do one and a half times on this because there's too much. Um, there's too much, like, thinking about yeah what's actually happening mm-hmm. the the monetary terms the yeah the the, the names that they're using. I want to make sure I get those names right. Um, and it's like, it, I got to follow the story of the weave, the weaving yeah. of the web and how is this going and who is that guy connected to? And if I listen at one and a half, I won't catch that. Yeah. No, I, I had the same, I usually try to do one and a half, but, um, I kind of went through a phase where I was doing some of the classic novels and was listening to the crime and punishment. Uh-huh. And cause of all those Russian names, like I had to drop that down to like yeah. almost like 0.75 speed because yeah. it's just like all these names. I'm like, wait, who was Rashmaninoff? And like, who was this, this person? And honestly, I couldn't tell you who, who was whom, but you know, now right. it's been a couple of years, but yeah. at the time I was just trying to make those connections. Yeah. Had to slow it down. That that's what I have to do. But yeah. I enjoy reading it now. I enjoy, you know, the business books. I enjoy all of that. Mm-hmm. So, but Toby, yeah. Miss Chris, yeah. Toby. Um, it's okay. They're both first names. Yeah. My middle name's a first name and a last name too. It, yeah. What's the middle name? Richards. Yeah. It's oh. my mother, my grandmother's maiden name. Yeah. Yeah. So I've, uh, honestly, I've been called Sergeant Christopher, you know, <laughs> like just because of the way that, you know, like your right. name is in different orders on military documents. Yeah. Um, and whatnot. So yeah, I'll respond to all of them. Well, I appreciate you coming in and sharing the story with us and sharing how you share stories. Um, and, and again, tell people where they can find you. Yeah. Um, the best way is to visit the website, tobymedia.com. Uh-huh. Uh, again, T O B E Y. Um, I think there's also another media company, T O B Y. Um, but they, um, do more, uh, it seemed like music videos and, okay. and whatnot. And they're also, um, in New York, in the New York area. So if you're looking for a local videographer in the Charlottesville area, they're not going to be able to help you. Yeah. All right. We'll give him mm-hmm. a ring, uh, touch base with them, check them out on Facebook as well. Mm-hmm. Uh, LinkedIn, uh, the website and your phone numbers on the website, they can reach out to you. And there's a, there's a, is it? Yeah. There's an intake form on there too. So if yeah. you're interested, yep. just fill that intake form out. 
uh, and hit send and he'll get back to you. Again, thank you so much for, uh, for coming on the show today. I appreciate yeah. you sharing the story of everything that you've been through and uh, you know, the lives that you changed with, with, the, uh, with the American Forces Network. That's pretty cool. Yeah. I like it. Well, thanks. I, I enjoyed my time, and thanks again for having me. Absolutely. Until next time, guys, thank you for coming to the show today, and we will chat with you later.